strap on the boots and scrape up the knuckles. Oh, what a hit! He got jacked. This is the Big Red Raider. Presented by Santan Ford in Gilbert. Murray's going to score. Touchdown. Slammed to the ground by Buda Baker. Like a torpedo, he came flying into the backfield. <laughs> the Rage is brought to you by Santan Ford in Gilbert. Are you Santan Ford? State Farm. Talk to an agent today at 800-STATE-FARM. And by Arizona Cardinals Podcasts. Visit azcardinals.com slash podcasts. Vision blurring, rage taking over. Here's Paul Calvisi. Get the popcorn ready. It's gonna be a show. And Ron Wolfley. It doesn't get any better than that. Unleash the fury! Is there any way, any chance that the Cardinals game this year in Santa Clara is more surreal than last year? Ron Wolfley, need I remind you, that's when the stands were empty. And the skies were filled with smoke from the Northern California wildfires. You could hear the planes almost on top of you. You could not see them coming and going from San Jose International Airport next door. Paulie, you were there. I was not. As Cliff Kingsbury told us this week, it was like coaching, quote, during the apocalypse. Well, what if this year the head coach is calling plays and he doesn't have Kyler Murray in the huddle he doesn't have deandre hopkins perhaps there's no aj green once again wolf the forecast is very very smoky and visibility is poor here in week nine for sunday in santa clara boy if that is the case right there bully you know what i'm gonna do i'm gonna do what the green bay packers did (laughs) i'm gonna go ahead and line up and get into some power personnel groups and try to run the ball in between the tackles in a north south way and use a little play action if colt mccoy is in there right now it's not like the 49ers are locked down at the okay corral with their rush defense or number 26 in yards per game number Mm. 22 in yards per play Hey, Paulie, you know what? Here comes James Conner, and how does this feel? Hey, that Niners defense can get to the quarterback, and it doesn't sound like they can do much else because they only have two interceptions as a defense, and they're going to be missing their top two safeties as well. So you're right. There's opportunity. And if they took a page out of what Aaron Rodgers did or what Kirk Cousins did in Week 2, I would not be surprised because you know the old saying in the NFL, Wolf, you're only as good as your backup quarterback. Boy, so. you got that right, Paulie. There, man, it just reminds me so much. And I've said this before, and I think uh, you and I have had conversations about this, but it, it bears saying again. There are two times when your head will snap up in a huddle. Number one, when a legend walks in to call a play. Your head will snap, Paulie. Trust me on that. And number two, when the backup quarterback steps in to call a play. Everyone's head snaps up, and you're looking at him, and all you're trying to do is make eye contact with him because all you want to see is, dude, are you okay? And you know what? The Cardinals found out the hard way last year in Week 17, they were not okay. Yes. On the depth chart at backup quarterback. So 
What is the feeling and the vibe this year? That is the question at hand. And as we get rolling here on the Big Red Rage, presented by Santan Ford and Gilbert, we are Santan Ford, Ron Wolfley there, Paul Calvisier, soon to be joined by the quarterback of the defense, Jordan Hicks, who is headlining this edition. How about that? I know Wolf has questions. Oh, boy. Oh, yeah, I do have questions. Right now, the question to Cliff Kingsbury, um, are you confident in Colt McCoy if he has to start? He'd be great. Uh, He approaches like... You know, like a starter, he's here all day, every day, early, stays late. I mean, does all the stuff you want. And he's been a tremendous addition. And um, So if, if Kyler weren't able to make it, um, you know, we'd have all the confidence in the world in Colt. He's in year 12. He's had 30 starts over his career. He had a couple of starts last season. And, oh, by the way, he did lead the six-win Giants to a win at Seattle, which was the Seahawks' only regular season home loss all of last year. <laughs> So he does have that on his resume as a most recent accomplishment. And, man, did he check that box against the Seahawks a year ago. So, Paulie, I'm going to ask you this question right here. Brace yourself. Are you ready, Paul? Okay, Are you ready? Here, okay here it is right here. Um, Paul, wh- what do you think is going to happen? I know you're walking around the facility over there. I know, Paulie, well, you're creeping into the corners from time to time. You're waving to some of the trainers, right? I, how is Kyler Murray? What is your guess on this, Paul? Okay. First off, I can't even get a parking spot on the property. <laughs> Second of all, with COVID protocols, I'm lucky they even let me set foot on the property. So don't give me okay. this. I'm, I'm creeping around with inside knowledge. I have zero inside knowledge. I will say, though, I will say that based on what I'm observing from the outside looking in and just the way the media uh, presentation has been, I'm expecting Colt McCoy. Oh, I'm just, I am expecting. I thought you were going to say something else, right? No, there. I, honestly, Pauly, I, I expect Kyler Murray. I, even though <laughs> Kyler walked into that press conference room and he didn't seem to be favoring the ankle, um, and, and and look, he doesn't need to practice to be able to play well. He's right. in year three. He knows this system. We saw him in week seventeen of his rookie year when he couldn't run, and and he still operated. Now, did the Cardinals get a win? Did the offense look the same? Absolutely not. But he's much more equipped now. But, no, I, I do not expect uh, Kyler Murray to be in that game. I think it will be Colt McCoy. In fact, if it is, uh, guess what? He may be an unknown to a lot of Cardinals fans, most Cardinal fans, but to Marcus Golden, remember, they were teammates with the Giants. Ooh, yeah. So the junkyard dog was asked today about Colt McCoy. Me, I played with Colt in um, New York, and uh, I know how he go every day, man. This this guy is more focused than anybody I've ever seen every day. You would think he was starting. And I was able to play, play with him in New York and playing with him in Arizona this season. It's been the same thing. So even if he have to play, you know he's going to be prepared and he's a professional. He's going to come to work every day and he's going to do everything on Sunday. If he have to play, he's going to do everything he can to win us that game. You know, it was interesting this week on the Red Sea Report, Drew Stanton was on. And obviously Drew had a 13-year career, mostly as a backup quarterback. Great backup quarterback. And Drew said, you know what, and I'm, I'm quoting him loosely, but he said, my career stats are awful. They're nothing to write home about. But you know what I did have? A winning record. I had a winning record. <laughs> and he said, do you know why I had a winning record? He really wasn't flexing. He was trying to explain what is yes. the most important asset or attribute of any backup quarterback is you must have the confidence of your locker room. Guys must believe in you that they can still win the game. Paul, and he said great. he had that. He instilled that. 
in his teammates. And so, in fact, he made, if you remember Ron Wolfley, and I know sometimes, you know, you can't remember your car keys, eh, you can't remember your, just a little bit. your sunglasses, but you can remember football. And yes. do you not remember how Drew Stanton, in his career as a Cardinals backup quarterback, he had to start twice on the road at the Niners, and he went 2-0 and at the 49ers. No, I do remember that, Paulie. There's no doubt about it. Backup quarterbacks, it's so critical. Just look at last week, as a matter of fact. How many backup Damn, quarterbacks? Four. Four, Paulie. Um, and Colt McCoy, there's no doubt about it. I think the offense changes if Colt McCoy is in there. I think it's slightly going to change. I think we're going to see more power personnel groups and rundown situation, which is first and ten, second to one to six. I think we're going to see more two tight ends in that situation. I don't know. We'll see. Uh, we could see Colt McCoy a little bit more under center, Polly. I think you know it's yep. something that he would be a little bit more accustomed to, a little bit more comfortable with. I'd love to see that in an effort to try to expand Expand the football universe offensively for the Cardinals. And not only that, when you put them under center and suddenly here comes the tackle zone, here comes the boot and the waggle off of that tackle zone, Paulie. Now all of a sudden you got Zach Ertz on a drag over the middle, if you know what I mean. And Paulie, I, I think a veteran quarterback like Colt McCoy, I think his eyes would be drawn a lot to a Zach Ertz. I think those targets go up. Yeah, that's a ding, no doubt, with with Zach Ertz. Here's the thing. Think of the other question marks you mentioned under center. Who is the center? Yeah. Is it going to be Rodney Hudson? Please. It, is it Max Garcia? Does Sean Harlow have to fill in there? If it is Rodney Hudson and he's able to play, then how does that trickle down to right guard? Justin Murray, his practice window has been open. Does he go in there for an inconsistent Josh Jones, or does a Max Garcia or even a Sean Harlow fill in at right guard? I mean, there are a lot of moving parts and pieces if you're missing deandre hopkins your number one receiver and we can talk about this a little bit later in depth i mean cardinals offense obviously did not look the same minus d hop aj green is out okay andy isabella antoine wesley i think of all the different moving parts names and faces on this offense it could be different in week nine i'm going to go back to kyler murray in our original conversation right now i i don't know what it is i got this gut feeling just listening to kyler murray that he is going to go i've got this gut feeling now once again you know better than i do paulie is you're over there at the facility <laughs> no. and people are whispering into your ear i understand that but paul listening to cliff kingsbury right there did you know he said he'd be great, meaning Colt McCoy. If he was given the opportunity, he'd be great. Um, not he'll be great. He'd be great. <laughs> Polly, is that going deep right there? Is that just too much? Is that, Am I diving into that and reading into that too much? It's possible coming from this wedge buster. Wolf, I mean, do you not consider Cliff Kingsbury a media professional? Do you think he's, <laughs> do you think he's going to show his hand? By messing up the past I'm, versus the present versus, you know, man, I mean, come I'm on so now, I'm so glad Wolf. you said that because, honestly, that's what this is all about. Subterfuge. Well, look, Cooper Rush, Geno Smith, Trevor Simeon, Mike White, Colt McCoy. I say add Colt's name to that list Ooh. of the most recent quarterbacks. We'll see. All those guys got to win, by the way. Hey, it's Episode 6 of Cardinals Folktales entitled 104 Yards Victory and a Vote. It's available on the Cardinals YouTube channel. That's youtube.com slash azcardinals. It's a look at the Cardinals' upset win over Washington in November of 2000, just days before voters approved Prop 302 and it paved the way for this construction of State Farm Stadium. Hey, Jordan Hicks is next on the Big Red Rage. Snap 
to Rodgers, handoff Jones, met in the backfield, wrapped up and thrown down. It was Jordan Hicks making the play for a loss of three at the 47. What a nice job by Jordan Hicks right there. Lawrence back to throw, gets hit, and he's sacked. Back at the 15 by Jordan Hicks, and that ends the game. Mayfield on the gun, takes the snap, blitz coming. Mayfield pumps, gets hit, and sacked. Back at the 25-yard line by Jordan Hicks, and the Cardinals take over on downs. That was filthy by the Cardinals. Cover zero, man across the board. Send everybody, hunts over the wall. Like when you're the team's leading tackler, when you've been voted a team captain, for the second straight year. Wolf, I think you could count the number of missed snaps this year on one hand. He started every game the past three seasons, if I'm scoring at home correctly. In fact, I was out and about yesterday, and guy asked me, hey, Paul, who's going to be on the Big Red Rage? And I'm like, Jordan Hicks. And I followed up by saying, you know what? He shouldn't be a guest on the show. Really, he should be hosting this show. Let's be serious. Well, he Jordan- will be one day, Paul. Just <laughs> hang in there. That's right. That's right, if he so chooses. And we say good evening to the Cardinals' Mike Linebacker and QB of the defense. Jordan, how are we doing this evening? Great, guys. Appreciate you guys having me. Yeah, thank you, Jordan. Really appreciate you being here, buddy. As a former veteran, a former player, of course, I'd love to ask you, how did you hold it all together during training camp? With all that was going on, Jordan, how did you hold it all together? (laughs) Yeah, wasn't easy. I Uh, bet. (laughs) Yeah, wasn't easy. But you know what? I, I, I At the end of the day, you have to look yourself in the mirror and say, um, what kind of man do you want to be? Um, you know, and, and, and what, how do you want to be remembered? And I always, I've been asked multiple times by the media how I want to be remembered, and it's always the same. Um, and it's a man of, of integrity, and it's, uh, you know, somebody who played the game with their hardest, uh, went their hardest every play, and gained everybody's respect. And, you know, that's through the good times, and that's respect is earned to the bad times as well. I, I'm a firm believer of that. And Man. so, um, you know, those were tough times, but I, I approached every day the same. I came out there with an attitude and, and uh, you know, tried to prove, um, you know, my worth to, to this team and, um, you know, believed wholeheartedly that, that – um, whatever was meant to happen would, and uh, yeah. you know that's that's how I approached it. Having said that, what did it mean to you to get the C? Say that one more time. Oh, the C. I'm yes, sorry. I'm sorry. Uh, I thought you said two C. No, no, yeah, no it was, what did uh, it mean to you to get the C? To get the C, it was, you know, it, it's something that I'll forever be proud of, um, especially this year. It means it means. Um, you know, getting the first one is is definitely a big a big deal. But mm-hmm. to have the circumstances the way they were and and to get it um, again, I think it shows a, a sign of respect. Um, and uh, you know, that's been my whole goal since I've came to Arizona is to earn the respect of of this team, but also the city. So uh, it's a it's it's definitely very very meaningful. Hey, team Captain Jordan Hicks is our guest in the Big Red Rage, presented by Santan Ford and Gilbert. Can, can I answer the first question Wolf posed, Jordan? Because how did you process it? Uh, to me, from the outside looking in, you took it out on the offense. <laughs> I mean, you hit anything that moved. You were fired up in August, were you not? Yeah, I was. I was. And, and a lot of that was pent-up pent up aggression and, um, you know, pent-up anger. Um, 
lot of a lot of emotions. You know, it's the uncertainty and 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 the um, you know just the the feeling of being disrespected, right? And in in a moment where you feel like you are hitting your stride, right? Two years in a row, haven't haven't left the field playing well. Um, yeah, you know, it wasn't my best year last year, but uh, playing well and. Um, you know, that feeling, it was just, it's all pent up for months and months and months. And so, you know, came back in August and, and tried to, tried to, you know, prove a point. Jordan, you know, it's amazing just talking to you right now. It's bringing back a lot of memories for myself. I played 10 years in the league and shouldn't have been there 10 days for the most part. And Jordan, there were years, there were years that weren't as good. I mean, there were years that yeah. I struggled right there. I, to, it's interesting to hear you say maybe you didn't think it was your best year last year. Why do you think that is, Jordan? Was there any reason, anything going on with you last year? No, I don't, you know, I don't, I don't believe so. Um, you know, it, you play this game and not every year is going to be the same. Yep. Um, maybe, maybe I was trying to do too much, you know, it was second year in the system and, uh, you know, feeling like I had more confidence in, in, you know, what I should be doing and, you know, coming off a, a career year of 150 tackles, you mm-hmm. know, trying to match that. Right. So, you know, there's, there's that element. I don't, I don't believe there wasn't anything going on. It was, it was, a. I think it was it was more of, of just trying to do too much and and not necessarily playing outside of myself, but but not just focusing on the the task at hand and the job at hand, but trying to make every single play and that gets you in trouble sometimes. You know mm-hmm. that it, you 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 swipe out of a gap, to try to go make a tackle. That's that's where the ball is going to find itself. So um, you know, big time reset. Um, and again, like, like I said, you know, it, it wasn't it wasn't my my worst year either. So. Right. Uh, playing this game year after year after year, every season is going to be different, and uh, you take it with a grain of salt. And that's what I love about this game you 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 learn from it and you keep moving forward. Hey, I'm surprised you didn't take half of last year off after you had 150 tackles in 2019. <laughs> I mean, you know that was that, that was astounding. You know what? When Vance Joseph, your defensive coordinator, he's received the Jordan Hicks question more than once recently. And Vance pauses, and he tries to explain to the media, pencil necks like yours truly, that you go into games against masterminds on offense like the McVeighs and the Shanahans and quarterbacks like Aaron Rodgers, and every call has two sub-calls. What Vance says are triple calls. And you can just see and sense the level of comfort he has with you as a veteran Mike linebacker who not only can play it, but you can think it. Is, is that something that you, that you know that your, your defensive coordinator values? Absolutely, and and I think, you know, that takes time. It didn't just happen overnight, right? When I first got here, um, we didn't know each other like that, right? We, it, it, but two thousand reps later, right? <laughs> plus off season reps, plus you know training camp reps, plus all the practice reps throughout the year, you learn and you go through every situation possible, and you know I start to get a feeling of what he's going to call, when he's going to call it, how he wants something to look you know, his mindset going into certain game plans of, of how we want to defend pe- defend people. And, you know, there's times as a, as a coordinator, you know, the call is going to come in late. Um, you know, the calls may not be the one that you wanted based on the look. Now it becomes my responsibility to make sure we're in the right call um, and in the right look based on what I know and how he's 
how how we've communicated throughout the week and, and throughout the year. So, you know, that's something that takes time. And, uh, you you, uh, you know, I value knowing that, and I'm sure he values uh, knowing, knowing, you know, the reciprocal on my end. Jordan, talk a little bit about the development of those two young bucks, Isaiah Simmons and Zayvon Collins. Yeah, they're, I mean, <laughs> we were joking today in Tanner, uh, that we have, you know, two avatars in our room right now because they're <laughs> complete freak shows, right? I mean, six, six, four, six, five. Zayvon's two fifty and can, and can, you know, fly downhill. Um, and Isaiah is a four three guy who can rush the edge, be physical at the point of contact, but also cover. Like, where does that come from? Um, it's it's unbelievable to see. You know their growth, especially you know this going into Isaiah's second year, his his development from year one to year two, his understanding of the game, um, his versatility. Um, it's it really is a huge part of what makes our defense go. Um, it's his ability to to move around and and be uh, the key player in, in certain you know spots. So um, and then you know Zayvon Zayvon is is as smart and as talented of a player that I've I've ever seen hmm. um you know at linebacker so that's a lot coming from you absolutely and and you know I'm I pride myself in in um you know helping them out and and trying to show them the ropes and and not just on the field but off the field you know this this league brings more than than just troubles on the field and and successes on the field it it also brings it off the field as well so trying to navigate that and and how to become a pro, you know, that's, that's, to me, that's number one, because once you, once you can figure that out, all your focus now becomes on the field, and that's when things start to clear up. All right, correct me if I'm wrong. We're on board with Cardinals Mike linebacker Jordan Hicks. Has the Cardinals defense given up a touchdown to a tight end this year? Mm, I don't know. Is that I don't think so. Is that and, the stat? I'm see, not, this is yeah, Jordan. This is the sideline reporter no, right here coming I, out in him. Okay? I bring I bring that up as as respect for the Isaiah Simmons, right? For for <laughs> yeah. for the Zayvon Collins, for the Buddha Bakers yeah. of the world. I mean, a couple of years ago, this was an issue. Man, it was a problem, you right? Guys wouldn't stop asking that question. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yep. So. And look, you know, I know your approach, and you're a straight shooter with the media, and you've said more than once, you know, hey, um, good teams take ownership and things get corrected within. Players correct players before the coaches even get involved. And explain that real quick. What do you mean by that? Well, I mean, not everybody sees things the same on the field. You know, mistakes happen, and, you know, whether it's – a certain call, the way it's played, you know, whether it's it's the way somebody approaches a practice, um, the way a defense shows the, the way defense shows up to practice. Every day is different, right? You know, some days, some days, the energy might not be there. The guys are bringing it up, saying, "We don't have time for this." Um, you know, it's it's go time. These mm-hmm. these next three games are as, as important as any games that we have. Um, you know, and and little things like that, holding each other accountable, making sure guys are are you know, being where they're supposed to be, treatment, um, you know, taking care of the bodies, right, watching film, sending, sending film clips to each other. The, the things that are happening within are the, the makeup of, of good teams, right? Now, we still have a lot of football left to play, and, you know, there's a lot of different ways this, this can all shake out. But what's constant right now is that the leadership and, and 
you know, the the ability to hold each other accountable is there. And that to me is a huge difference um, between when I, you know, when I first got here and, and today. And speaking of leadership right there, talk a little bit about the loss of J.J. Watt on the field and yeah. off. Yeah, I mean, it's 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 hard to put into words because, you know, J.J. is, is such a force um, personality-wise, but also, you know, clearly on the field, but also personality-wise. Um, and his ability to command, um, you know, a, a, a huddle, a defense, you know, when he calls it up, a team, and, and the respect that he has, you know, literally from day one walking into the building was there. Mm-hmm. It was it was as high as it could be. So it's tough. It is it is very tough. We're going to, you know, you know, I don't know for how long he's out or what the situation is, but, you know, we obviously want him out there, need him out there. Um, and, and, you know, he is he's a key player for this defense. You know, when I get that question, I've said just watching him on the sideline and the catalyst he is and the leadership, et cetera, that you see down in that field. I mean, Jordan, I've said the Cardinals lost more than a player. They lost an attitude, and they have to replace right. that. It's not unlike when they lost Tyron Matthew some six, seven years ago, sort of that pulse of the defense. I mean, isn't that part of the challenge? You have a lot of numbers. You have a lot of depth at D-line, but but there's a certain attitude he brings, right? There is, and – you know, I think I think part of that he definitely brings an attitude, but but I also believe that this defense brings an attitude as a whole. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, yes, JJ as an individual and a piece of this defense is key. But you know, the ability for guys to to rally and to bring that same energy um, isn't you know. It, it's possible, and it's it's something that that we're doing, and we need to do continuously, um, week in and week out. So, um, you know, again, JJ JJ is is a is a monster, um, and you know that's the NFL guys. It, mm-hmm. it, I, I haven't been on a team where somebody hasn't had to step up, and, and injuries haven't occurred. You know, um, and, and honestly, the best team I've been on. That's what happened. Is a lot of guys went down, and a lot of guys were plugged in, and you have to rally around the adversity. And uh, you know, if we can do that and continue to to push and push and push, we are going to be a you know a, a deep deep force. Can you give me like thirty seconds on Zach Ertz and your relationship with him? <laughs> yeah, uh, me and Zach are. are He's probably the closest friend I've, I've made in the NFL. Um, we talk even when we weren't together weekly all the time. You know, I, he is—he was in my wedding. Zach is a great human, a great player, um, and literally does everything to be great in football. I can tell you that he does every little detail possible, very type A in, in that sense. You know what? He has a touchdown catch for the Cardinals this year. No opposing tight ends have a touchdown catch against the Cardinals defense this year. Our Jim Almohundra confirmed it, so there you go. We'll get into the 49ers next. It is the Big Red Rage presented by Santan Ford and Gilbert. Jordan Hicks is our guest. Back right after this with Jordan Hicks. to go in the half, 7-0 Cardinals for now. Lance in the pistol, Mitchell behind him, now Lance comes under center, takes the snap, 
Rolls to the right, Lance running, being chased by Chandler Jones. Lance hit at the goal line, and he did not get in. Oh, what a hit by Isaiah Simmons. A huge collision at the goal line. Bodies are everywhere, but the 49ers aren't in the end zone. The Cardinals take over on downs again. Sometimes you're the pinata, and sometimes you're the stick. And I believe right now, Trey Lance is leaking candy from his shoulder pads. That was a great call, great play, big, big play. And I'll just say that if Trey Lance hadn't had his welcome to the NFL moment yet, that was it. That was it. At the goal line, fourth down, Isaiah Simmons, Tanner Vallejo. Boom, down goes the Niners quarterback, short of the goal line. And, Wolf, you'll remember, that was the game where the Niners went for it five times, five times on fourth down, and they made it just once. And it's the first time in like 40-plus years in NFL history any team has had four stops on fourth down. How about Desperation that? is a horrible yeah. master, Pauline. I yeah. think a lot of offenses, opposing offenses, try to keep up with the Cardinals' offense. Yeah. Jordan Hicks is our guest, the Cardinals' starting Mike Linebacker. You played every defensive snap in that game. Just out of curiosity, especially those games against the Niners, which are ultra-physical, what do you feel like on a Monday morning, Jordan? I mean, just physically, what do you feel like? Well, first off, that was a great call, fellas. Uh, second of all, I feel terrible um <laughs> usually <laughs> Not gonna i don't lie. know why i'm laughing <laughs> i mean it, it just it, it just is what it is at this point you know it's it's one of those things where you you know it going into it right you you take you take mondays to recover and it's a race to get get back healthy uh by the next sunday so uh the the 49ers games are are extremely physical um always and so uh, you know, you you gotta you gotta think about you know how you're gonna recover and uh, get your mind get your mind prepped before you go into it. Speaking of getting your mind prepped, man, I gotta tell you, Jordan, when I watch them on tape, it it blows my mind. Uh, as a guy that came up through the ranks in the NFL in 1985 and the 90 and 95, you're running power, but you're gonna run power. If you're gonna get a little crazy, you're gonna put the fullback in an offset. What you're not gonna do is put him on the line of scrimmage, run speed motion, and then run the power behind him. Yeah. <laughs> you're not gonna do. That. That yet that is exactly what Kyle Shanahan and the 49ers are doing. They do a lot of crazy stuff offensively. They do, and and they, you know, they do a great job of of uh, their schematics are are very very detailed, um, and they do a great job of going into games ready and prepared um, and knowing what's coming after them. So, you know, they with that with that that motion right there you know they could go either way Mm -hmm. Uh, you know because usually they've got a tight end off on the other side that can do the exact same thing so they attack where um they have numbers uh and you know they 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 put themselves they build formations and they put themselves in position um to try and take advantage of numbers but we know that going in and uh you know that's what we're trying to defend you know what's amazing about it too jordan is watching it it, it, it's like play action comes off of every play they run Mm -hmm. play action comes off of it as well one play looks like the other you guys are gonna have to be disciplined are you that's right yeah and that's you're exactly right they they have a pass off of every run motion, uh, every run run look, and um, every formation can be just about changed and alerted into the next the next call, multiple calls. So you know we do got to we've got to be very um, good in our execution, our eye discipline, um, and where we you know uh, gap sound. Um, 
because, you know, if you're not, uh, this is the type of team and the type of offense that uh, takes advantage of those type of defenses. Yeah, they're coming off a win at Chicago. They had 467 total yards. And then after the game, Jimmy G said, Kyle Shanahan was on fire today with the play calling. Just perfect storm type of thing. Do you try and anticipate or guess what's coming, or does that automatically get you in trouble when you go against uh, Kyle Shanahan or a Sean McVay, for example? Yeah, it's hard. Um, usually it's within the game. Um, you know, what they do, they'll, they'll show you the same the same look a couple times and have something off of it um, to counter that. And so within the game, you might get a feel and you might you might be able to, to snag one play that you know that's coming. But usually the third time you see it or the second time you see it and you try to anticipate it, it's the complete opposite thing that you thought. So it's really a sound a game where you got to be sound, you know, you've got to be good with your eyes. And, and like I said, you know, it's, it's a, it's a game of execution this week. Jordan, it looks like Jimmy G, Jimmy G is going to be back um, and ready to play. Of course, how does this offense change with Jimmy G? He's actually trying to incorporate, I think, a little bit more of the new, the RPOs and some of the zone reads. As a matter of fact, I saw him score a touchdown on a zone yeah. read. Um, how does this offense look with Jimmy G? It's different. Um, you know, it's more downfield. Uh, it's it's a lot less quarterback run. Um, but again, like you said, you know, he's he's willing to pull it in certain situations. Third third down, obviously. Um, goal line, red zone, obviously. Um, so, you know, we've got to we've got to be able to respect his ability to pull it. Um, mm-hmm. But at the end of the day, you know, it really changes from uh, primarily run quarterback run offense to you know a run boot um, pass downfield type mm-hmm. of offense. So we we faced it multiple times throughout the years, obviously, and. and uh, you know, it's it's something they're, they're going to sprinkle in new wrinkles, you know, here and there. But um, that's that's kind of how it changes. You know, the guy who I'm really sick of is Kyle Uzcheck. This guy always makes a play. <laughs> He's a fullback, Paul. Get I off mean, his so back. I, and you just don't see many fullbacks anymore. So, how is that for you? And, and is do they use him in a traditional way? Is he coming through the hole leading a play, or is it all this other crazy? Because we've seen stuff with like fullback screens, fullback draws. Kyle Shannon always has a role for 44. He's everything. He's a he's a tight end. He's a running back. He's a fullback. He's uh, third down uh, pass blocking running back. He's a in the route running wheel routes. I mean, he's all over the field, um, and and you've got to respect him as that. He is he's kind of their their you know it factor for the offense. And so the way the way they use him is very unique, and and we understand that. Uh, and he's a he's he's skilled. He's very skilled. He's skilled with the ball in his hands, and um, you know, able to able to catch the ball downfield. So we we respect him as a as a as a great player, and um, you know, it's he's always a, a, a matchup that that we key in on every uh, every time we play him. Jordan looks like George Kittle could be back for this game right now. What does George Kittle bring to this team and this offense? Yeah. The, Similar, similar to how we were talking about AJ or JJ. I'm sorry. He's he is a a just a and a ball of excitement and energy, and um, you can tell leadership on the field. Um, he brings a physicality to that tight end room and to that offense. He loves to block. He mm-hmm. loves to, to. He's 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 fast. He's dynamic. He can catch the ball. Great radius. Great hands. So 
um, obviously one of the most dynamic tight ends in the, in the game right now. So we've when he plays there again, it, it adds an, a, a different wrinkle uh, to their offense that um, you know when he's not out there uh, isn't isn't there. Yeah, and I saw here where Jimmy G said after practice today he's got some fresh legs. He's looking fast. So. There you go. George Kittle's missed a couple of games. So, yeah, there, no doubt he's going to be a factor. Jordan, we appreciate the Thank time. You, Jordan. You know, Wolf really was driving with the Zach Ertz question because he knows that Zach Ertz stayed at your place last summer. That's really where Wolf was driving with that question, but he, he didn't have the nerve to ask it, thankfully, on that one. So Don't listen to him, Jordan. That's right. I didn't charge him any rent either. Good friend over here. That's right. That's right. Jordan, thank hey, buddy, you very much. Much respect, Jordan. A ton of respect you for you, brother. All right, there you go. That's the Cardinals team captain, Mike Linebacker, Jordan Hicks, their leading tackler. Man, always a pleasure. Get the insight and thoughts from one of the most respected guys in that locker room. We'll continue with the Big Red Rage. We'll get into this matchup on Sunday next. It is the Big Red Rage presented by Santan Ford and Gilbert. We are Santan Ford. back to throw on second and nine. In trouble, moves to his left, being chased by Bosa. Now throws it deep across the field, near side, jump ball, it's caught by Hopkins at the 10, and tackled at the nine-yard line. Kyler Murray threw that ball outside the numbers on the far side to the near sideline. 5.20 to go, Cardinals lead 10-7. Can they put him away? Can they get a touchdown? Snap to Kyler, he throws a fade left side in the end zone, and it is caught for a touchdown by DeHop! D-Hop caught it with Josh Norman draped all over him trying to pull the ball away. What a great catch by DeAndre Hopkins. Broke the sickles out on the fade and stabbed the pig out of the air and brought it in. Man, at some point when you've got dudes who are just better than the other team, that's enough. D-Hop, when he's single-covered, He's still open, still throw the ball, the nine-yard touchdown. That was the winning touchdown after a drive that also featured the 30-yard reception to keep it alive. That was after the goal line stand at the goal line itself and the tackle that we heard earlier, Isaiah Simmons stopping Trey Lance. That was week five in the 17-10 win over the 49ers. And DeAndre Hopkins in that game, Wolf, you remember he had six grabs and he passed Larry Fitzgerald. For most receptions ever by a player before his 30th birthday, the question is, will he be there for the rematch against the 49ers? Yeah, that really is, Bully. That is a huge question as well because we know just how big of a part of the offense DeAndre Hopkins truly is and what what would change? How would this offense change if, in fact, he's not out there playing? We already know A.J. Green, by most accounts, will not be out there on the field. It's unlikely, highly unlikely, that he'd be out there on the field. But, you know, once again, who knows what's going to happen here, but DeAndre Hopkins would be a huge loss. In fact, Cliff Kingsbury, as you might imagine, was asked the D-Hop question about his availability for this Sunday at the Niners. We're still working through that. Not sure if he'll be ready to go this week or not, but with D-Hop, you never know. He may grab his helmet and just run in there off the, out of the training room, so we'll see. <laughs> no, it wasn't. It was a deal where we felt good about him if he was really smart about it, right? I mean, he, he said, hey, I can do enough, but we just had to walk that fine line. Yeah, the D&D hop there standing for deadpan from the head coach. Yeah. So that, that, was, that was some good stuff in the press conference, but it was – 
it was strange, Wolf, to be on that sideline. And, and we did the report, and you guys saw it yourselves. There's Hop, no helmet, no gloves, seemingly out of the game. He's a good 20 yards away from the head coach and the play caller. And then all of a sudden, out of nowhere, he's in the game. But then there were moments where he checked into the huddle or at least got on the field. And Never the seen starts, anything like it, Paul. I mean, Never. I mean, in all my years, a guy that kept running on the field. Right. And they told him to get off the field. And you know what? It wasn't like he was fighting it. He, he said, okay. He turned around and ran off. I mean, it was it you was know, the strangest thing, man. Maybe it was a Jedi mind trick for the DBs. I, I'm not sure. Maybe he was trying to give you know the, the opponent, right, the Packers defense, something to think about. Because, Wolf, you tell me. The Cardinals' offense did not look the same, minus their number one receiver, and we said it after the game. Based on that Packers game, there's a single, legit number one receiver. His name is DeAndre Hopkins, and if you look at the numbers, the Cardinals' yards per play, with and without DeAndre Hopkins on the field or off, was less than half with him out of the game. Yeah, there's no doubt, Paul. It was almost 11 with him on, correct? And under five, I believe, yes, with him off the field. Listen, we all know DeAndre Hopkins is one of the best receivers if not the best receiver in the National Football League. That's right. I'll put him right up there with the very best. Top four, top five wide receivers, arguably in the game. You could put him number one, and you know what? I'd be fine with that. DeAndre Hopkins is incredible. Now, what do you think that does to a defensive coordinator? They look at D-Hop, and man, do you think they're paying a little bit more attention to DeAndre Hopkins when he's out on the field? I ask that facetiously, of course, because we all know they're paying more attention to D-Hop out there. When he's not out there, they're not. And it upset the apple cart, there's no doubt about it. And I think it was more so, Paulie, because it happened during the game. It yep. happened in a game, and it, it, it looked like it caught us a little bit off guard, as it would any team. But if you give us a week to prepare for it, I don't think it will be quite as acute. Well, and we asked Cliff Kingsbury this week on his weekly TV show, Game Plan. You can catch it tomorrow night, 6.30 on 12 News. And we asked him that question, do you see different coverages without D-Hop? Absolutely things change. There's a trickle-down effect on both sides of the ball without D-Hop. So there was that going on. There was also a Cardinals team that committed three turnovers. And going into the game, they have been plus eight. They've been number two in turnover ratio. So they beat themselves in some ways, and they suffered their first loss after a 7-0 and start. And Kyler Murray, who did meet the media yesterday, was asked about whether there might be any potential hangover coming off the Cardinals' first loss. It's a very mature group. We've got a lot of old veterans, a lot of a lot of leaders on this team that you know I don't think will let that happen. So I'm confident in us uh, bouncing back. Man, I love that, Paul. It is Kyler Murray, the maturation of the mighty Kyler Murray. And you know what? Would you agree, Wolf, that this team is different than the last couple of years? This team There's is no mature doubt. enough. They're mature enough to handle victories and success, and they're mature enough to, okay, maybe we need to button it down a little bit more. You heard you heard Jordan Hicks earlier talk about practice. Yeah. Yes. And, and just talk about, you know what? If one guy doesn't have the proper energy or the proper focus, other players are holding those guys accountable. And I can tell you, I've seen it on the sideline too. Rondell Moore, after he muffed that punt, there were veterans in his grill telling him, young man, 
you better dial it in and focus. And they were the bad cop, his teammates, and the good cops were the assistant coaches who came up and patted him on the shoulder pad and said, okay, it'll be all good. You need to bounce back. Paul, I love to hear that, honestly, right now. It's the accountability, and I've heard stories just like you. I've heard stories of the accountability that is happening on the Arizona Cardinals sideline, and that, to me, more than anything else, fills me with a hope, a hope that this team is going to continue to get better. We have seen them do some incredible things so far this year. Now listen, losing on Thursday night, there was nothing good about that whatsoever. But we all knew they weren't going to go 17-0. and We all knew that, to me, this is a reset button for them right now. How they respond to this, I think, is going to be really important. All right, I want a final thought in this matchup, maybe a couple of keys. After I remind everyone, episode 14 of the Dave Pash podcast featuring NBC Sports broadcaster extraordinaire Mike Tirico, available now wherever you get your podcasts for latest updates on the Dave Pash pod. Follow along on Twitter at Pash Pod. So, it's Jimmy G. It's going to be a different quarterback. Trey Lance might have a few packages. We'll see. It's going to be a different Niners offense. It could be a radically different Cardinals offense with Colt McCoy. What do you expect on Sunday, Wolf? Yeah, this is it, Polly, right here. Listen, I, I think the Green Bay Packers, for the most part, gave other teams a blueprint as to how you beat the Arizona Cardinals. And how you beat the Arizona Cardinals is you go out there and you run the ball, and you run the ball in between the tackles, and you put your quarterback in a balanced offense. And you go ahead, get the ball out quickly as well. But more than anything else, you use the power of play action. This is what the Green Bay Packers did. They possessed the ball. Kyler Murray was over there on the sideline with the offense. I think the San Francisco 49ers have the raw material to actually build the structure they need off of that blueprint to actually get a victory. Now, it's easier said than done. you got to beat the Cardinals. You know what? you got a 49ers team that is 1-7 at home over the last two years. Think about that, Wolf. Mm. But you also have a series where the past 10 games have been decided by 10 points or less, and you know it's going to be a slugfest. Yep. You got the Niners, Carolina, Seattle in that order. Don't let these teams back into the NFC playoff picture, right? You got to beat them down. For Jim Almondro and Jeff Darge, Ron Wolfley, I'm Paul Calvisi. Special thanks to Jordan Hicks. This has been the Big Red Rage presented by Santan Ford in Gilbert. been listening to the big red rage presented by santan ford in gilbert are you santan ford state farm talk to an agent today at 800 state farm and by arizona cardinals podcasts visit azcardinals.com slash podcasts this has been an exclusive presentation of the arizona cardinals football club